Hey team, welcome back and welcome to episode 46 of Transition Talk, where we talk about dental transitions and how to navigate the sometimes messy path to practice ownership. Buyers out there, listen up. Today's episode is for you. We understand that the old transition world and normal stressors and normal emotion has now taken a dose of steroids. For many of you, you were sold on ownership, but are now caught in the what if scenario. What if COVID returns or what if the practice doesn't come back to pre-COVID levels? We hear you. We understand that anxiety. And while there will always be transitions where we say, hold up, stop. Overall, we continue to believe that now is a great time for buyers to buy. In summary, we still believe in ownership. So before we jump into the meat, welcome back, Charles Loretto. In the flesh, baby. We oh. are we are no longer six feet. <laughs> we are like, I don't know, we're about 30 inches apart. We're breaking rules. I don't know if we're breaking rules. I, I'm just happy to be this close Me again. Too. Me too. And I'm so happy. And we had Brett with us the last two episodes. Right. So that was interesting. Great resource for our listeners. But I know everyone missed Mr. Loretto. Man, just when you meet, uh, you know, Charles and have, you know, 40 something episodes and, you, and you're like, man, that guy sounds just so excited and confident. And then you hear Brett and then he's like, <laughs> wow. And the reason he's got more than me, cause he's just a big dude. I'm like six, four, he's like six, six. Uh, so well, it was really good resources. We talked about leaning out of practice. We talked about the private equity Yeah. and I know we were both excited to get back to get this episode in yes. because we are hearing all of the chatter. We're getting tons of questions from clients, from potential clients, as we have these coaching calls of just, what do I do? Is this the time? And you can just hear the nervousness in their voice. Oh my God. And so we have a lot of questions about whether or not to move forward with either a practice you're you're looking at or you're in the middle of the transition. So we want to talk about that today. And I always love your examples. I think those examples probably make just a picture and paint a picture in everyone's mind. So you're going to start us off today with like the best example of what maybe you're giving up if you don't move forward. Right. And then we can kind of use that as a springboard for the questions. Yeah, there's just this last, oh my God, last six, eight weeks of just watching, reading Facebook, you know, all these dental groups and, you know, I'm not going to buy it. And then somebody posts, should I buy this? And everyone is just popping on worst time to buy worst decision ever. My CPA told me this, wait, wait, wait. And I have just been pulling my hair out. (laughs) I'm like, you haven't asked enough questions. You have no idea what you're talking about. And it's been a little frustrating. And what has been exciting, though, is the number of buyers that have just recently latched on, a dozen or so that have just engaged just in the last 30 days to say, take a look at this. And they're no brainers. Mm -hmm. This is a we're going to move forward on this, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I've got a deal right now that we're working through. And my buyer is pretty nervous. Okay, we've been working with this, this client for a while. And my buyer just basically says, well, it's all good, but I really think this COVID, you know, round two is going to happen, you know, in the fall. So therefore, I just want to wait till next year. And I'm like pulling my hair out, Christy, Mm -hmm. because in the end, this is a math question. Mm -hmm. It was a math question and math questions have answers. Okay. And so I'm going to try to paint you a picture of this deal. And just, it kind of goes back to the very simple properties you must own. We're going to make more money. And let's just see how much more money you're going to make. And then let's figure out what our tax planning strategies are for this year. Let's figure out how much you can put in the 401k profit sharing plan. And let's say that this practice goes to hell and we shut down for January, February, and March. Let's just conceptually talk about it. And so here are the numbers. It's a $2 million general practice. 
And so, Christy, I'm going to make you the owner. You're doing 800,000 doctor. Okay. I'm doing a little bit under you at 700. The plan is that we're going to buy in at 50% because I'm almost doing as much as you, so that yep. makes sense. I'm currently have a compensation of 30%, so my current comp is at 210. And so the offer has it's on the table right now. We can close July 1 with lending. Everything is all approved. It's in a perfect little bow. And you, Charles, are going to become the owner, but I don't want to because I think that COVID round two is going to shut down the entire world again. And what a bad time to buy. Okay, so let's walk through this math. If you're doing 800, I'm doing seven, hygiene's doing five, this is a $2 million practice. And so when I run the split calculations and I figure out that how much would I make as an owner, in other words, what I am presenting to this buyer, I am showing this buyer that they are going to make $432,000 total all in. They're currently at 210. They're going to make over twice the amount, more than twice. And so they're going to make essentially $220,000 more per year. How does that break down per month? About $18,000. So, so for every month, this young person becomes going to make 18 more thousand dollars. So we're going to come back to that. So let's say we do this for six months. What's that math? It's basically $100,000. I will give you one more $100,000 for this year to take you to the end of the year. And, you know, you're going to make that because you're an owner. Well, what if COVID hits in November? Fine. I'll give you four months. Maybe you're at $65,000. Maybe you're at $70,000. It's a math thing. How much more money did you make? The second part of this is that many buyers don't think about is now that you own, what are my benefits as an owner? Well, if I was to buy in this business, it's a $2 million business. So the value in this case came in at, let's say, 1.5. And let's say that your portion that you borrowed, that Christy, I'm going to borrow, I'm going to give to you is $750,000. I get massive, massive tax Mm write-offs. I can write off more than $100,000 of just depreciation on some of the equipment this year. I don't have to pay tax on. Yep. Okay. So if I if I take the $100,000 more I'm going to make, I take all my write-offs this year that I'm going to make, and I don't know, let's say that I've got a stay-home spouse, I can put her on the payroll, I could put between now, me and my spouse, $75,000 in the pension plan, that's a tax deduction. I can potentially put my younger kids on the payroll for six to 12000 they have zero tax, that's going to be a write-off. I can write off my car, my insurance on my car. I can write off, I don't know, the toll tags I'm running through. I can write off maybe you know, my internet chart. There are so many things as a business owner we're going to write off. And I'm just showing you there's a couple hundred thousand dollar sway here. So mm-hmm. even if it happens, I'm so much far ahead than I would have been. I don't know. Take the money that you made, put it into the account, have it as a cushion, and then let's go through this next health crisis, COVID-2, whatever it is, in the winter of 2020 or the winter of 21. But guess what happens when you're in this crisis? The government steps in. I can't guarantee the government's going to step in again, but they surely stepped in this time. Well, this is a big question that a lot of people have is like, but what about the debt service, right? So what if I, what if this happens in November and I've just purchased the practice in July and I have this debt service? Christy, there's the math. This is, again, this is a math problem. Okay, so if I borrow $750,000, my bank payment's going to be about seven grand. Mm-hmm. 
So then, yes, you're going to have a debt payment. You're going to have a debt payment maybe in the winter. But what took place right now? You look at banks when they came through the same financial crisis, they went to their customers and said either A, we'll let you do interest only during a crisis, or worst case scenario, you still pay it. Yeah. Okay. How many months you want to be down in COVID too? You want to be three months, four months? Let's go three months. Three months? That's seven times three. It's Mm $21,000. I'm up a couple hundred. Yep. Okay. And I think that's what's important is banks also understand that there is a risk that that's going to come back. They understand the importance of having the cushion of liquidity. And we are seeing banks, and this won't be the option for everyone, but a lot of the big banks are offering you know, six months interest only or six months no payments right now for those that are closing because they, again, in my opinion, see that long-term, this is not going to be an option. This is a short-term thing that we have to get through. And these people need the ability to have some liquidity and be prepared in the event it comes back, right? So then if it does come back in November, December, we're shut down for two or three months. If you haven't had a debt service payment because you're just closing and you've been doing what you should do, which is sock that money away, now you have the cushion to ride out those two months. You have the ability to kind of build up that amount to save for that debt service payment when it comes due in January, February, next year, whenever it might be. So I also think that there's these other pieces that we're not kind of taking into account. And then that strength in the market that we're also kind of seeing other people who are ingrained in dental industry transitions who are also having faith that, hey, you know, we need to be careful, but we also need to not be so pessimistic that we assume things are not going to come back and help people get to where they need to be. Well, the thing, too, is you got to think about this partnership that we're in. Again, you're the owner and I'm the associate, and this thing shuts down, and you're like, hey, Charles, I want you to buy them, but I don't want to. So, therefore, you're going to go into protection mode. You're going to take care of you and Chris and the girls. You're going to be in there mm-hmm. producing, right? If you're at risk, mm-hmm. okay? So, you're going to have to go in. You're going to do emergencies. All of these things are going to keep that practice afloat. It's going to be enough to basically cover maybe some debt service, be enough to cover maybe some of the rent and enough to put a little bit of food on the table. And there's just so many examples of practices that chose to not do anything and chose to really focus on being an emergency type practice. And I'll spend some more time on that in a second. But you go back, always five reasons. You made more money in this example. You made $100,000 more just in that six-month period, $200,000 over a year. We talked about excellent tax planning you're going to have. This example, when COVID happened, you had a PPP experiment slash injection into our economy. You knew that benefited? That benefited the owner, not the associate. It benefited the owner. So now all of a sudden, there becomes a strategy with this money, and it really helps with all those things. Same things you're concerned about, like the payments you know, that we're going to be on, on maybe on a lease or anything like that. So there are times that you got to know that the government's there to help you as a business owner. And so PPP was an example of that. Tax planning you know, is another. But we saved in our pension plan. If I want to pull and borrow from that 401k, I get to do that because yeah. the money is just sitting there. Well, and another one that you're not mentioning, but control, right? I mean, like if I'm an owner, I have control over what I do. And I know you have a great example in a minute, but as an associate, right? If someone who hasn't owned yet, I've talked to a lot of people who still aren't back to work yet, right? Mm-hmm. Because the practice is, you know, either just started back or, you know, they were supposed to start their start date for their associate agreement was in the middle of COVID. And now that's been pushed back. So I also think from a control perspective, kind of knowing and being in control of kind of what your next step is, is another reason, again, that we always say ownership is important. And in times like these, it becomes more important. So two cents. No, it just, look, when you're young and you you purchase something and you're, you're going to be, you know, in debt, it's just the right amount of just fear and something in your gut that propels you to get out of it. And I, I like it. It's similar to 
having some student debt. I mean, it's just enough to say, well, hey, I guess I can't take the summer off or anything. I've got to be able to kind of push ahead, get the job and to create something because this debt is absolutely real. So no, you're right. That fifth reason of ownership is always in control and, you know, kind of being able to how you're going to come back, how you're going to grow, how you're going to market yourself, how you're going to maybe protect with PPE and strategize about, you know, kind of this next move that you're going to make. So to me, it's just, it's an exciting time. There's just so many opportunities I see right now for young buyers and for established owners to even acquire yep. other practices. And so we talked about some of that in a previous episode. So I'm more jazzed today about ownership than, than I have in a really long time. So if you're hearing extra excitement, it's just, I'm just <laughs> extra excited today. He's back? <laughs> ownership even Yeah, more? you left me out two weeks, Christy, ah. or what? It's like a month. So, okay, in your example, bottom line, right? Like if I'm saying if I bought this in July like we planned or I wait until the beginning of the year, kind of what's that bottom line impact to that buyer? I think you did the math. Over $200,000. Over two hundred. So we're giving up $200,000. Are we taking on risk? 100%, right? I mean, I think that you cannot have the reward without the risk. And I think that balance is important. And we're definitely not saying go out there and buy anything you can because there, again, are practices that don't make sense. But overall... I think what we've seen in the last even two or three weeks as practices have started coming online and we've started seeing like those May numbers roll in, practices are coming back and they're coming back stronger, maybe some of them even stronger than they were comparatively to last May. Some people are going to argue and say, oh, that's just pent up demand from when we were closed. But like, isn't that good, right? Yes. Like, isn't that fantastic that like... Even in a year, we have two, a lot of practices shut down entirely for two months that in one month we're gaining some of that back already. Like, I think that's incredible and just, again, stands for some of these practices are strong. And if you have an opportunity to buy into one of them and you're not, I think you're doing yourself a disservice of not looking at those numbers like you've laid out in your example. The great thing about having this relationship with Kane Waters is that pulse, the pulse that just is touching all of these 2,000 plus dental practices all across the country. And so you get to see on a per state basis, as per specialty basis. And it's not like, hey, well, 50% of our clients are experiencing, you know, these below abnormal, they're really concerned, cash is tight. I mean, it is like, it's, it's just amazing. For me, the best way to explain is everybody in dentistry certainly knows what PPE is. Patients don't. Mm-mm. They have no clue. And all they know is they trust you. They trust the dentist and they just show up. They want their teeth clean. They when they got a little pain. So dentistry's not going away. Just like accounting and tax planning, transition work. I think we've got a long career ahead of us because it's impossible for robots to take our business away, our businesses, you know, away. So these practices are doing so, so well. And, and look, was I nervous? 100%. Oh, yeah. I was mm-hmm. super nervous and I didn't know where this is all going. But man, I am so optimistic just to see that this business is so resilient and patients are resilient as well. well. I know in our business, it's taught us some things that we probably would have never known prior to this and kind of new ways of doing things and being creative with technology and solutions that you might not have had before. For example, I have to take my oldest to the dentist today to do something. And when I took my youngest last week, I drive up and I sit in my car and I text that I'm there and they tell me to come in. Can I tell you how much more I like actually like that experience than sitting in a waiting room with my kid and like wrangling them? Like I sit in my car all day until you text me to come in. And so again, not that that like individual piece, but I think there's a lot, I've heard a lot of 
businesses across the country who have found unique and different ways that actually make the patient experience better, the customer experience better. And so I also think that there's a lot of things that we've learned in this experience that patients maybe can take on and you can use as not of like, we had to do this for COVID, but look, we did this for COVID, but it actually made the business and process so much better. And and now we're, we're moving forward. So I just, I agree. I feel like there's a lot of optimism and a lot of like as we get back up and running. Okay, so I feel like we've covered these topics like fairly well, but just for the ease of like making sure we're being clear, I want to go through the two questions we're getting the most often and get your response to them. Okay. Okay, so question number one, without question, how do I know that I'm not overpaying or what if the patients don't come back? Basically, like what if I'm paying too much and this thing fails? That's kind of the bulk of that question in various different forms. What's your answer? So from an overpaying standpoint, I mean, again, we I just want to see the consistency. So I'm always going to look at my 18 and 19 years. I certainly want to see this would be the first year from a evaluation or from analyzing practice, all these practices that we're basically closing on in June right now. I do want to see my January, February, half of March. I want to see when the practice opened back up. Christy, as long as I'm seeing my consistency back again, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it was doing 80 a month, it was a 960 collection practice, and I'm going to be looking at my December month. Sure, I had around 80,000 in January and February. Okay, maybe there was a 95, and maybe there was a 75. It averaged out, and and maybe March is a little bit lower. And of course, we you know, I'm going to look all the way at my production for my first 18 days or something before we shut down. It might be a situation, too, that I may not just be looking at collections. I may actually be focusing on production for the first time just so I can truly see where it stopped. And same thing, I'm not going to be focusing on collections for the month of March. I kind of want to see my production, especially if I'm an insurance-based business. So as long as I can see it, I can see my chairs are being full, my production is getting out there. I am 100% comfortable with anything close to marginal of it coming back. If it's 85% of what it was before, I feel comfortable enough that we're going to move forward. And to the seller, or if you're the buyer, it's not, well, 85%, so we should offer 85% less. I'm just like, you can offer whatever you want. But if I'm the seller, I'm just going to basically say, you need to hold on a little bit. Mm-hmm. My patience, this practice is still where it needs to be. You choose not to buy, that's okay. You want to see it at 100, 110%, that's fine. But if we're going to do that, we're going to play that game. And let's say it goes up, or are you willing as a buyer to pay me more? Because it actually went up yeah. as well. So. I just haven't seen, and I mean, you jump in, we were looking at these practices daily. We haven't seen these practices where they just haven't bounced back. Mm-mm. No, and, and some of them have only been open less than a month at this point. Right. And the numbers are still strong. You know, and I think also if you're not closing until January of 2021, like you cannot make a judgment right now. You can't offer less because it's not back yet, right? Like you right. still have time and we still need to watch the numbers. And if you're hesitant and that's a conversation to have, Um, But again, if I'm a seller and I know the numbers are going to come back, I'm probably just going to sit on it until it comes back. And then not only do, is there a risk of maybe the value changes or someone else comes in and buys it, but I also feel like there's the risk of the 200,000 that you laid out in that example of not capitalizing on that as we wait for something to happen. So again, ultimately your choice, but I think understanding and making sure you're educated about what you're missing out on if you choose the other direction is important. Yeah. So let's say that an example, let's say my price for, for me to buy into your practice is 750, but I'm all freaked out about COVID. So now I'm trying to negotiate the last minute. I'm going to offer you six seventy-five because that's a better price. That's seventy-five thousand dollars. 
I mean, seriously, $75,000, you amortize that, it's it maybe seven fifty dollars a payment or something. It's mm-hmm. so randomly small. You're going to give up negotiating for a month or so. Every month you negotiate and try to figure out something different. This example is at least costing you $18,000 of income, yep. of to you, just the income. And who knows, it stretches out two months, three months. We have watched so many people for so long just mess this thing up. And it's like, once you see the opportunity, I always say is just how quick can we close? It's a great deal. Let's just, let's just close. I mean, we're going to stretch this out, stress this process out. And so I'm okay paying fair fee for this practice. I'm okay with paying the asking price. And we'll be the first to tell you when something doesn't make sense. If something doesn't make sense, like, yeah, you're right. That doesn't make sense. We're overpaying. It's outdated equipment. Practice is down 75, you know, maybe 25%. It's been three months now. Mm-hmm. New patients were at 20. Now we're at 10. I agree with you, John. I am nervous. I agree we should probably offer less because that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to make sense to the bank. Yeah. So it's just be reasonable yeah. through this process. And there's no blanket rule. And I think that's just what we're asking is like, don't assume everything is down and and no matter what you're looking at there's this kind of global percentage that valuations are going down i don't think that's true i think it'll still continue to be a very unique situation and overall i think the overall industry is very still very positive and still moving in the right direction i mean i get let's be conservative let's be pessimistic Mm -hmm. about things but man you've got to have a balance just have a balance with some optimism on this as well and you can't just always assume that you know we're going to have another COVID or, oh, wait, I'm buying a practice in Kansas and tornadoes happened there and a tornado happened here last year. So good chance another one's going to come through. So can you run the projections on another tornado wiping out the practice? I mean, come on. Yeah. I just talked about this on a blog um, (laughs) that I I was interviewed for the Kane Waters Digital News. And this, I said the same thing, which is we see this, right, from evaluation and transition perspective, we see this often. It doesn't happen on a global industry-wide, but the doctor has a stroke, the doctor who has a practice in Houston and there's the big flood, like Hurricane Katrina, a tornado, like there's all of these like individual life instances that always happen and you can't protect yourself. I mean, they're going to happen to someone, a lot of people, but you can just be prepared and look at the numbers and understand what you're doing and try to put yourself in the best situation. And I think that clearly you and I both think that ownership is the best way to put yourself in that position where you can be in control and have the cash and have the cushion and be ready. And so clearly still strong on ownership here at NDP. Yeah. And one more thing I just want to add to this is just some really positive you know, stories. So there was a guy in Montgomery, Alabama that I spoke to, and he was normally doing around 7,000 a day clinical plus his hygiene. And of course, his hygiene was, he didn't receive any revenues from that. But during this uh, pandemic, he just marketed himself to the community as your emergency dentist. And they didn't really have that. And so he just really pushed that. And he was still cranking out like five, $6,000 days. I know. He's burning a profit through this. Yeah, it's super impressive. You know, and just that he, he quickly got the protective measures and took care of emergency patients. Get it. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, in the end, that's what it's about. You, you got to be able just to see this this problem and you just you just have to overcome it or just be prepared i mean i talked to several doctors too who 
you know, certain ones were panicked and certain ones were like, you know, yeah, like this is not good, but I'm doing okay. I've got a cushion. I had a plan, you know, I had this and I, I just feel like I hate that I'm using it. I would wish I wasn't. I wish this was better, but I have prepared for this. And those people, I mean, I, I dealt with one owner during the midst of this that bought another practice yeah. because someone was going out of business, but they had the ability to do that because they were prepared for one-off things like so this. The best thing about these podcasts is that we, we spend a few minutes mm-hmm. and we just, I hear you and I kind of feed off you and you feed off me, but dear buyer, hello. <laughs> Debt is not your evil, people. Debt is not your evil. No cash is your evil. If you have cash, you can buy stuff. You can buy lots of stuff. You can buy the house at the discount. You can buy the practice at the discount. You get to take advantage of a market where if we get a downturn in real estate that you can buy the land and you can buy the building if you have the cash. Mm-hmm. Make sure that your focus is not to try to get out of dental school debt. Get me some cash. Let's go buy the business. And then once we buy the business, again, this buyer, he does all these things, accumulates all these tax write-offs and accumulates money. And next thing you know, we have another opportunity to buy something else. We can go do it. No cash equals no opportunity. So just so many times conversations I've had through this, this last two and a half months and and people that calm, just like you said, super calm. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I've got, I've got a reserve. It's fine. People that are stressed calling in, I'm talking to late at night because they're, they don't have any money and they're using their PPP loan just to pay the rent and to pay this. And it's struggle street, man. And my heart goes out to them. But it's like, if you don't have a plan in life on your business and personal financial plan, like I'm telling you, it's just, it just eats away at your soul. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel it for these people. Yeah. And it's just not a way to live. So I'm so glad we did this. Me too. Yeah, I had this Good like pent up demand just to get <laughs> out positivity and remind our, our young owners that it's a great opportunity. Remind our, our established doctors that are out there listening as well that it's a great opportunity for you yeah. as well to transition these practices. And there's a lot of young people that are ready and eager to buy these practices from you. Who says you can't do a close? Huh? Wait a minute. I think I may have you done a close it. here. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's it for today, guys. Remember to subscribe to Transition Talk on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. And as always, like us on social. Have a great week. Bye See bye you guys. Time. See you. Yeah.